There's a new player in town, Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. Nothing can kill the magic at Magic Round. Thanks for suggesting that song, Matt Campbell. Yeah, straight out of my playlist. That is Don't Kill the Magic by Magic. I've not actually heard of Magic before you suggested that, but it certainly works here because Magic Round is underway. A couple of games last night, as we touched on, the Raiders beating the Bulldogs 34-30. The Broncos over the Seagulls 32-6. Good luck to the... Bouncers on Caxton Street today, all the security workers, because this is Armageddon for them. Mm-hmm. Saturday, Saturday oh, of Magic Round, three games finishing later tonight, Melbourne against South Sydney. So who, need, who needs the, uh, what do they call it? We're King Charles, the coronation. That's mm-hmm. what I'm looking for. Who needs the coronation when you've got Magic Round? We're joined by Illawarra Mercury Rugby League writer Mitch Jennings. Mitch, when it comes to talking St George Illawarra this week, this is your beat I just want to run through a couple of the storylines that would have flashed through your head. Lomax, Little, Jaden Hunt, Toby Couchman dropped. Ben Hunt maybe going to nine. Jaden Sullivan returning to the bench. Jaden Sewer back from a shoulder injury on an edge. Makali Ravalawa back from a hamstring on a wing. Max Fiennay goes into the centres. Billy Burns returns as an edge forward. So it's a really nice set lineup they're going with in Magic Round. Oh. Geno just I've bamboozled him mm-hmm. with all of that. So there's a lot there's a lot doing there. When you when you hear those changes, Matt Campbell, uh, well you can't accuse Anthony Griffin of sitting on his hands. No, he not said at all. enough's enough. Four straight defeats, uh, albeit narrowly all of them. Uh, that's a that's a big response to make that many changes across the board. Yeah, and I didn't into what he had to say about it, and and he was talking about. The changes were there for the betterment of the team long-term. Not a short-term fix. Um, he liked the way that they've been playing. They've been close. It looks like they've got a bit of discipline back within the group. And the idea of the changes was to make sure the improvement was there, not just for this round, into the future. So I, I mean, some of the changes seem radical, but end of the day, they've lost four in a row. You've got to do something. And I think every now and then, given a good kick, uh, players respond. I think we put those gremlins down in the phone system. We can get Mitch Jennings back. I just ran through the list of changes. It's some list at St George Illawarra. What's your overall assessment of what Hook has done this week, Mitch? Yeah, it was interesting. I was obviously at his press conference yesterday. He called it the longest one he's ever done, and I have to agree. 15 minutes of audio, I think, I took out of it. So uh, that's virtually a one-hour TED talk as far as uh, anything is concerned. But there was, um, yeah, look, obviously the, the interesting things being the, the dropping of Zach Lomax and the shifting of, of Ben Hunt to, to dummy half, where he will spend the bulk of his time tomorrow. Um, yeah, some interesting ones. I think the Zach Lomax one obviously grabbed uh, a, a lot of attention. Uh, I'm trying to process it myself and having a look at it, my, my take was it's not necessarily the, the wrong decision. If the reaction sort of out there was anything to go by, it's a, it was a popular decision. But uh, reports were that, that Zach was pretty filthy. And I understand where he's coming from. From, from his point of view, I mean, it's probably a tough one to swallow. He, he 
on that right edge with Michaeli Revalawa over, you know, the last, you know, three to four seasons. They've produced between them 70-plus tries. Uh, defensively, they were very sound. They conceded uh, the second least amount of tries as a centre-wing pairing last season, just behind Penrith. So a lot of it over there was, was functioning as much as he, he probably was trying to do a bit too much by the back end of last year. He was pretty comfortable there, and it was something that had been probably producing consistently in one of the few things for the Dragons. So now you've got a position where he, he's been shifted to the left, and as, as I understand, uh, has never to this day really got an in-depth sort of explanation or, or, or reason why that was the case. And you've got him there, you know, adjusting to defending on a different side of the field. Uh, you know, he's, he's attacking Arsenal. He's all different now. He's obviously a right foot step, a left arm bend, uh, a right hand parry. So you've taken a lot of his Arsenal away and putting him over on the left and then be, I guess, the sacrificial lamb on the back of four straight losses. Uh, I can understand why, uh, why Zach was was pretty filthy and, and uh, Anthony Griffin admitted yesterday he confirmed the reports that uh, you know they're yet to discuss it in any depth he's just told Zach you're out and uh, you know go away think about it we'll talk about it later um, it's a bit of an old school approach we know Anthony Griffin is old school and it's debated about whether that uh, you know melds with the modern player if that's what you can sort of do uh, you know in the modern day but uh, interesting it's very much a, a watch this space Type, uh, scenario there because I imagine he'll have to spend some time in the wilderness. It'd be very unfair on uh, young Max Fiennes to put him in, uh, you know, for a game or two and then and then drop him as well. So it's interesting. He could be looking at a bit of time away from first grade, Zach. So not necessarily the wrong call from Anthony Griffin, but I, I do understand why he's you know reportedly pretty filthy at it. Well, interesting you're saying that because it, he he's been dropped and just rested, not dropped into the bottom grade to be able to keep his form up. It's it's give him a week away from football to consider, obviously, what's been said behind closed doors. So I actually think there's a little bit more in this. I think there's some discipline, something wrapped around, um, um, maybe something he said, something he's done, maybe he didn't attitude. follow direction, attitude. Moving from one side of the field to the other. Yeah, Mitch, you might, you might be able to separate what's fact and fiction because we've heard a lot of speculation this week about whether he was spoken to or not, why he was dropped and why he wasn't. What, what, what did you learn yesterday that is cold, hard fact regarding this situation? Well, yeah, it is. Like I said, Anthony Griffin, um, you know, credit to him, he, he admitted the fact or, you know, he was upfront about the fact that, yeah, he did. He has dropped him and he hasn't spoken to him any depth about it. He, he told him he won't be there. He said, go away for, for a little while, get your head clear. We'll talk about it later on. So as far as, as Zach's concerned, he, he feels he's been dropped and, and doesn't know why, hasn't been told why. Uh, I imagine he feels somewhat um, disrespected by that. I mean, you've got to remember he's a young guy and he's polarised. He's still a young man and he's polarised from opinion recently, but he has been an NRL regular for quite some time. It's not as if he's, uh, you know, a, a young kid like Toriel Sloan last year who hadn't yet established himself in first grade and was told, look, go back and work on some things in reserve grade. Zach Lomax is an established first grader and had been for quite some time. And I tend to think... A player like that is entitled to some, even if it's not everything, even if it's not the complete, we need the work, we've got more to work on, but to get to nothing, which is pretty much what Anthony Griffin admitted to yesterday, saying he hadn't given him or had that discussion with him, uh, it, it seems to be that's where the rift is. Uh, and, you know, it'd be interesting to see if it, if it can be, you know, repaired and if, you know, a, a player of, you know, Zach's unquestionable talent, uh, where he comes back to uh, from here. And, and Mitch, when it comes to Ben Hunt, you said he's been confirmed he's going to spend the majority of tomorrow's game playing hooker. Jaden Sullivan, the majority of the game at half. Is that the long-term view of Anthony Griffin for the rest of this season really quickly? 
Well, it's another one because I don't think he can... It's not something that you can just do as a one-off. I think it's something you have to give some time to. I've been beating this drum for a long time, Matty. I've been all about playing him at nine. I can't, people are calling it a gamble and all sorts of things. I, I think that's absurd. I can't, I can't see moving the incumbent Queensland and Australian hooker to hooker. Uh, is a gamble for anybody. Uh, so, and obviously gets Jaden Sullivan involved as well. He's been uh, outstanding in New South Wales Cup. And I just think I looked at it, Matty. I thought about it afterwards, and I'm not going to say ulterior motive because I think it's it's good. But Anthony Griffith is obviously under pressure to, to keep his job long term. A lot of talk has been about how can he survive this year, how can he keep his job this year. It could be a case of wanting to, you know, make a pitch for the job beyond this year. A last throw of the dice in that regard, because as he said yesterday. He talked about you've got to build internally. Penrith have done it. Brisbane have done it. And he said, you know, tomorrow we're going to have Matt and Max DNA on one edge. We're going to have Sloan. We're going to have Sullivan. We're going to have Amon all out there at once and playing in terms of building for the future. So I do wonder if as much as, obviously, I think moving Benny to nine is a real move. I have to wonder, too, if he's also trying to make a bit of a pitch that I can bring these young guys through. If I can get these young guys... That, obviously, that, that that team I just listed was the 2019 Steelers SG ball side that won the comp, and he thinks if he can get them firing as part of a team, maybe it can be you know a last sort of final pitch at, at getting the job beyond this season. But uh, I'm really excited to see what it looks like. I, I love Ben Hunt at nine. I think that's where, if the club made the decision to re-sign him beyond this year of his current deal, I think it should have come with the... The caveat that he, he may or should spend time at Hooker and allow Jaden Sullivan and Talatau Moan to come through. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how it uh, how it works out, and hopefully it does get you know some time. So I think something like that does need some time to see how it's going to how it's going to work. Right, at the bottom line, you know, I'm hearing people saying to me, including Matt Campbell, that after West's Tigers broke their duck last weekend in Bathurst, they're going to go two from two. They've got the gorilla off their back. They're ready to go on a little winning streak. They're going to beat the Dragons. If you had to have that uh, family property you reside on, on the result of this game tomorrow, Dragons, Tigers, where does that uh, property land? Well, if you said at the start of the year that West Tigers would win two in a row before the Dragons did, you know, it wouldn't have voted well for <laughs> But I, I am still going with, uh, with the Dragons. Like I said, I love the move of Ben Hunt to dummy half. I, the only thing I'd have done differently is just put him there from the jump and just see how it goes, but he will move there. And I'm, I think that can really ignite the Dragons' attack. They've been in some games, obviously been right in games that they've, they've lost. It's a must-win for him against the Tigers. And with that change-up and with you know the injection of enthusiasm with Jaden Sullivan, I really think, you know, on a fast track as well, it's not going to be the bob that the Tigers got over the Panthers with in Bathurst the other week. So... I lean towards the Dragons in this one. I'm going to put the, put the family farm on that. What's on the What's on the agenda for the rest of the day? The lawnmower, the harvester, the cherry picker. What's Geno up as Saturday unfolds? Uh, I'm, I'm going to spend a bit of time on the couch with the French bulldog, mate. Just leaning against. <laughs> I think I'll leave the father-in-law to do all that stuff. He, he's, he's no good, mate. I'll, I'll go out and try oh. to help him. Oh, <laughs> I'll go Mitch. out and try to help him, mate. I'm, useless. I'm, a hind- I'm an absolute hindrance. Oh. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a ball and chain to him, so I think, uh, you know, I keep our little section of lawn mode, and, uh, yeah, that's, that's about it. That's about it. I am team taking the city country stuff happening a bit later on. A lot of Illawarra talent involved in that one up there at Cogra. Obviously, the girls got a win on Thursday night as well, Barry with a double, so I'm, I'm on the clock today. I'll be working, so, but uh, it'll be... Of a, course a you would home. be. Home on day, the clock? And, uh, yeah, not trying to over-exert. 
on the clock, on the lounge, with a French bulldog and some beverages in hand. I wish I had a job like that. <laughs> Mitch Jennings, great to chat. We'll see you in here at the office again. The office being the Wollongong Golf Club in no time at all. Thank you, Jeno. Stay with us. Maddie Campbell after the break. More rugby league as Tim Barrow joins us. The Illawarra Mercury Sports Editor, live and exclusive from Wagga Wagga. After the Gold Cup yesterday, you're listening to Saturdays in the Gong.